Hi, my name is Allison Truge, and I'm the co-host of Most Important Meal, a very important breakfast podcast that I do with my most important person. Uh, you sound real good. You're a little robot-y. Um, uh, you're in your room, right? Yeah, I am. Okay, there's nothing we can do about that. Uh, we're just going to thank our lucky stars for good Wi-Fi. Um, use the pop filter as well to get rid of those uh, pesky plosives. And we'll be set to go. But I have to get up to get my pop filter. Please get the pop filter. It'll be so, so good with the pop filter. Okay. Um, I have an idea. Mm-hmm. Let's just both agree not to use P sounds. And then I won't have to get my pop filter. No, Truge. Uh, you need to go get your pop filter <laughs> so that we can say words like pumpernickel and pap... Uh, Papatera, which is a word, I think, or a name. I don't know. Okay, I went and got that filter that stops with the certain um, letter oh. that I can say because I, I have it. Good, good. Oh, that's good. So you can use it, um, which means I can ask you, uh, what's your favorite autumn time spiced latte flavor? Um, Gourd. Gourd? <laughs> gourd seasoning. Mmm, gourd season. <laughs> oh, God. Whew. Well, we're in for a show tonight, aren't we? Do you believe me that I have that filter? Um, only if you tell me your favorite autumn time uh, spice latte flavor. It's, it's gourd seasoning. That's my favorite. I'm also like I'm not as much of a fan of Christmas bl- Christmas blend, but you know that's up there too. Ah, uh, gosh, I can't think of any other ones. What is your favorite dark spiced uh, seeded loaf of bread? Um, rye, rye amadon. Okay. Um. <laughs> um. What's your favorite Smith song? Uh. Is I Will Follow You Into the Dark a Smith song? No, it's not, is it? Wait, no, don't put this in the podcast. It's Death Cab for Cutie. I just thought that it might be a cover that they did of the Smiths. Okay, okay, yeah, sure. I'll uh, I'll let that one slide. It's totally going in the show, though. Please don't put that in the podcast. You can tweet all of your indie music hate and love at Allison Truge on Twitter. She would love to hear from you about how good she is at music. No, I just, I, I'm so wrong about this. Please don't put that in the podcast. I'll go get the pop filter. <laughs> Wait, you didn't get it? Oh, that's the joke. You didn't get it and you didn't want to use those letters. Okay. <laughs> Pumpkin spice, pumpernickel. Yay. Does it really sound that much better? Yes, 100%. Um the Smith song I was going for was please, please, please let me, let me, let me Get what I want this time. Truge of mine, someday you will die. It's gonna be the apocalypse, but we're gonna eat a granola bar. Uh, what'd you have for breakfast? Don't be upset with me. Why shouldn't I be upset with you? Today, I I don't know who I became, but I ate, I ate a Lara bar for breakfast. Who's Laura and why did you eat her? 
I don't know. There was just this girl that I thought was really cool in high school named Laura Koza and she hated me. And so I wanted this Lara bar because I was like, Laura Koza never liked me. And I think this is her bar. Uh, was it tasty? Was the bar like, uh, did you have to take a bar exam to eat the bar? I did pass the bar. In, oh, congratulations. Um, it was good. I, I just, I was in CVS because... Um, I didn't have time to like properly grab coffee this morning. So um, at my local CVS, they've started carrying this cold brew that's like actually bottled and like, thank God, doesn't have any sort of like dairy in it, um, which is like rare these days. They have, it's this brand called Chameleon Coffee. And so I stopped by and picked one of those and I was like, oh, I should maybe like grab a quick thing. And I was just like, maybe maybe this is a future episode. We should talk about like CVS breakfasts because I definitely in college when I wasn't close to a grocery store, but I was closest to a CVS, definitely made some CVS food choices that were maybe a little bit alarming. But I digress. Um, I was by the like granola bar section and I saw a little bar that said apple pie on it. And I was like, I want one of those. And then I ate it and it wasn't an apple pie. But it satiated me and my dark hunger. Interesting. So I've never heard of a Lara bar, and I guess that kind of undercuts the... It's actually pronounced Lara bar. So I've never heard of a Lara bar that I... Um, I guess that undercuts the spite you expected me to have toward you for having it. But honestly, you know me. I'm never going to judge your breakfast unless it's soggy cereal. Uh, you enjoyed a nice, <laughs> tasty, satiated bar that... I I support. I'm a really, really big fan of it. And maybe I'll try one of these. I have this weird emotional thing with like, um, like nutritional, like granola bars, like any sort of like meal bar thing. Because um, as a like chubby kid that grew up like on diets for most of my life, I just like, like my mom at some point was kind of like, oh, we're going to eat Kashi bars as snacks now. And I like to this day, like, the thought of a Kashi bar makes me want to puke. 100 freaking percent. We, we've definitely talked about this on the show before, but so much of diet culture is about like making you hate yourself and also dressing up that hatred in cute brands like Kashi and Lararararar and making it marketable. It's natural, clean food because most food is dirty. Dirty food made you who you are. No, I, Dirty I, food is what fat people eat. I, I I hate society so much. Me too. To be fair, uh, this may um, demerit me a few points in the most important meal uh, scoreboard, I guess. But I actually kind of like Kind Bars because they are the most flavorful and texturally diverse of any of those bars. They're also the most expensive, which is why I never actually get them. But if someone handed me one, I would get one. It's not Kind Bars. They're actually called Kind Bars. Kind because they're kinder because you light them on fire? No, wait, Kinder is the amazing Polish brand of chocolate that I grew up on. I've never had Kinder chocolate. It's good. Uh, they, <laughs> the big controversy lately is the uh, Kinder eggs. Where, Well, not really recently. Oh, right, right, right. I know about that one. That's like the one where it's like, oh, they're illegal because like 
children choke on them and Americans and blah. And yet guns. Uh, political rant over. That was a <laughs> that was a three word political rant. I'm really proud of myself. Anyway, um, the Kinder chocolate is really really good. Uh, you can still get it. Like it, where I grew up in Trenton, New Jersey, I was uh, surrounded by a lot of Polish people because I'm Polish and my grandparents are very Polish and have a very Polish community. So around there, you can still get uh, wonderful like Polish imports that are <laughs> strictly speaking legal because of the whole uh, Kinder egg thing. Remember uh, Wonder Balls, the Nestle alternative to that? I thought it was pronounced Polish. Every time you were like, hey, Truge, I'm 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 Polish. I, I've always said it in my head to myself as, hey, Truge, I'm Polish. Do you remember Wonder Balls, which were like Nestle's response to that? It came with like a sticker and it was a chocolate ball filled with like, all, not quite vitamins but it was like chalky sweet can like almost like smarties in the shape of uh disney characters i think about those every day <laughs> my mom never let me have those because sugar <laughs> i was very very sad and recently because like my my big awakening when i moved away to boston was you know i can eat whatever the hell i want now it's amazing um and so recently one of those acts of defiance to my childhood was going to be i'm gonna munch on this delightful wonder ball and <laughs> guess what isn't available anymore oreo o's and wonder balls oreo o's wonder balls man if, if we had a time machine it was the same thing because i always wanted to eat like a million bowls of oreo o's and my mom was like you'll get cavities i got cavities anyway and now there are no <laughs> oreo o's i know you're listening to this mom and there's there's no oreo o's but the cavities uh still echo in the annals of your mouth so what did you have for breakfast today, Brian? I'm going to append that question uh, as what breakfast food did you eat today? Because boy, howdy, did I eat a lot. Uh, so today... Okay, but that's not what I asked. <sighs> Fine. Uh, so today for breakfast, today was Six Flags Day, which is amazing. I'm in New Jersey right now, and I uh, was invited by some lovely family friends to spend the day with them at Great Adventure in Jackson, New Jersey. And What's it like to have friends? <laughs> I have friends. They're good friends. Some context. No, but what it's like to have them. Oh, yes. What it's <laughs> what it's like to have friends. They invite you to really good theme parks. Um, some context. I used to go to Great Adventure all the time. Uh, we would used to get season passes. No, I remember. It's actually one of the first conversations that we had with each other because I used to work at the rival amusement park in the like Pennsylvania, New Jersey, tri-state area, uh, Dorney Park and Wildwater Kingdom. And when I knew that you were from New Jersey, I was like, oh, have you ever been to Dorney Park? Because like I used to work there for two summers. And you were like, no, I was a Six Flags person. And from that moment onward, I knew that I could never be too serious with you. But then I thought maybe one day I could pretend to be serious enough. And then we'd embark on a great artistic like expression like project together where we talk about breakfast food. And one day... One day it would it would reemerge. Is this where is this like the fifteenth time in the history of this podcast you're gonna tell me that this is all a ruse and you don't actually love me? No, I just haven't talked to that many people today and I'm lonely and <laughs> I like hearing myself talk. I like hearing you talk too. That's why we do a podcast. Tell me more about the the seven flags. Uh, some context. I used to go to Great Adventure 
all the time. My family and I would get season passes so we could go whenever we wanted. We're only like a half hour away. Uh, we haven't been in recent years because summers have gotten a lot more hectic. And it's not that we haven't like fallen out of love with roller coasters because as I learned today, I still love them a lot. Uh, but we uh, we just haven't gotten in a while. And some friends with season passes that are able to get uh, extra people in for free invited us along. So it was just a wonderful, wonderful day where... We planned around spending most of the day at Six Flags, so we woke up very early, and I wanted to get out of the house early enough to go to Denny's for breakfast. Uh, Guess what didn't happen? We were a little late and couldn't go to Denny's uh, with enough time that made me comfortable enough with doing the whole Six Flags thing, so we went to Burger King, uh, and as uh, listeners of the show will know, we belong in this Burger King. You and I belong in this Burger King. You were not there, sadly, but... Why were you afraid to tell me that you had breakfast at Burger King? I'm not afraid to tell you. I have a lot of breakfast journalism follow-up ding to to get to. So we were at Burger King, and I got the two-for-four croissant witch special. I am a sucker for fast food deals where you get like double the thing for an absurd amount absurdly small that is amount of money uh, mcdonald's has a thing where you can get like two cheeseburgers for x amount of money uh, burger king has the same thing but it, when you look at the ads for these cheeseburgers that you can get two for x uh it is a pitiful cheeseburger these croissant witches are the real deal and as we've talked about with fast food breakfast before the hash browns are okay the coffee's not good but not bad either but a combo is usually all three. So two for four croissant, which means double the croissant, which none of the bad potatoes. And you can always get good coffee elsewhere. Uh, so I did that. The way you're saying croissant, which is like incredibly satisfying to me. Uh, croissant, which. Because I would say croissant, which. But that is actually, I feel like, the more New Jersey way of saying it. And you're saying it a fancy Okay, well, way. A, I try to like distance myself from the New Jersey dialect. And B, I like, it depends on where you split up the cross play the word play between the words so you can say croissant sandwich like it overlaps with the sa i went out with that with my aunt sandra to the croissant place so you can go you can get a croissant witch or you can get a croissant sandwich it it all depends there's different hyphens in there for the different things anyway i had two croissant witches it was delicious my brother had one croissant witch they were about the same price hell yes to sweet deals uh we got to six flags and it was uh early like we <laughs> we thought we were supposed to meet there at nine uh, the plan was to leave our houses at nine to meet there whenever, which was great. So we yeah, parks open at ten. I didn't know that. That's what I know from working at an amusement park. At the amusement park I worked at, there was this one family because I used to work in admissions. Um, the first year that I worked at Dorney, and there was this one family that like without fail, like every single weekday, like especially like Tuesdays when the park wasn't that full, um. This one family would be like the first in line and all they would do is like go into the park and get food and leave. What? Yeah. That is actually, I think, the best breakfast. They know there are other like bespoke built places for the eating. But like what is more bespoke than amusement parks? I was trying to make a kind of connection to like Ferris wheels that have like the spokes. Didn't work. Oh, I get it. Uh, So we were early and we pulled over to a local Wawa to get some coffee that I didn't have at Burger King. Wawa! Wawa! It's so good. It's so freaking good. And I I filled it with Irish cream, non-dairy creamer, which I get every time I go to Wawa, but forget about it until I go back to Wawa. And it's always the most amazing revelation. I feel like the memento guy. Uh, But then we go to Six Flags. Hey, Wawa, we're, we're waiting for that sponsorship deal. 
Let's get spawns. <laughs> we, okay, mm, uh, we do not need brand advertisers on the show. We need direct advertising. Uh, I learned that from listening to podcasts about podcasts. Uh, we went to Six Flags, had a bunch of food, had a bunch of rides. It was great. And then we just got back. It's half past 11 right now. And on our way back from Six Flags, we stopped at Denny's. And that's right. My brother and I got midnight, asterisk, breakfast. And oh my God, it is so satisfying because Allison Truge, I got the Grand Slam, which for the first time, it is magical. Oh my God, babe. I, I don't know what to do. Like, I feel like a changed person. Uh, you know me. I'm always the person that wants to get the biggest platter possible. You are a changed person. You're a person that's now had a Grand Slam, which <laughs> I always want to get the biggest platter possible with all the different options to have and like to choose and to create my own flavor combinations and bites. And it's amazing. Uh, they rolled all that up, put it on a sandwich and I ate the hell out of it. And oh my God. God, you are not joking. It is amazing. I mean, you know, it's just, it's the memories you attach to the sandwich, and I, I will stand by that. So the memories I have attached to the sandwich are eating with my brother and texting you that I have it. <laughs> if, if any of our listeners are wondering what I did today, um, I, I went to work, and then I, I came home, and uh, I laid in bed and looked at my ceiling for several hours, and then... I got up to record this podcast with the person that I love. And then got up again to get your pop filter. And another thing that I did was I put a poll up on our Twitter to see what, we, what we're going to talk about tonight. And I'm really glad that we did because Brian and I were thinking that we were going to do an episode about breakfast photography. And so in the poll, I said, what do we record a podcast about tonight? And the four options were breakfast photography, apocalypse breakfast, Granola bars aren't breakfast, and 30 minutes of screaming. And 45% of you voted for 30 minutes of screaming. Um, and honestly, that's my fault for putting that as an option in the poll, and I sh- I'm ashamed of myself. Nope, nope, we're gonna do it. We gotta <laughs> listen to our, uh, to our dying fans. Dying fans, our undyingly loving, I guess, fans. You're not zombies, right? Uh, so, timestamp, overcast, check uh, it in exactly a half hour. We're going to stop screaming. Ready? <clears throat> I refuse. <laughs> Most of me recording a podcast is just 30 minutes of screaming. <laughs> I knocked over my water. Okay, uh, that joke went on too long, and my voice is shot even more so after a day of roller coasters and screaming. But basically, the way the way I look at it, so 45% of you horrible, horrible people voted for 30 minutes of screaming, and um, 5% voted for breakfast photography, which, um, since there were 20 votes, was one person, and that person was me. So <laughs> I think that it's safe to say... <laughs> <laughs> we shouldn't do an episode about that on our breakfast podcast yet. But if you combine the response to both apocalypse breakfast and granola's granola bars aren't breakfast, then you get a solid fifty percent. So that's what we're going to talk about tonight. I want to talk about some doomsday prepping and what that means for breakfast. Because I don't know about you, Brian, but I think the end of the world is imminent, and I would like to be prepared for the most important meal during. The most important last chapter of our civilization. So, okay. This is going to be another one of those episodes where you explain the premise to me on air, and I'm going to roll with it. <laughs> Do you know what doomsday prepping is, Brian? Travis McElroy has a has a podcast about it. I know if I 
get into that uh, world, I'm never going to leave it. Yeah. So basically, um, there there's a, a bunch of people. There's like like a lot, a lot of them. Maybe some of them listen to this podcast. Hey, they're preppers. Um, and they like prepare for the end of the world by like stocking up on canned goods and like making little forts and like packing bug out bags. The reason that I know even a little bit about this is because one of my favorite YouTube holes to go down is what's in my bag videos and the um, toxic masculinity version of what's in my bag is what's in my bug out bag like doomsday prepping and it's amazing because there's actually a lot of the same like if you watch enough like what's in my bag videos which is like the phenomenon of like usually like a lady like beauty guru like femme um usually it's like a product placement like they'll they'll show you their designer handbag they're like this is my louis vuitton Neverfull, and this is all the stuff that i have inside of it and also um listen to audible if you use the code please give me money at checkout, you get a free book. Um, and so a lot, you know, a lot of people have the same stuff in their bags. Like, you know, people aren't that unique. And like people with their like bug out bags, which is when you like literally like bug out. I, I don't know why. I don't know who coined that phrase. Um, they like have a lot of the same stuff. It's just like not like makeup remover. It's like antibacterial wipes. And it's not like mascara. It's like a fire starter or like a bunch of like little razors or like a, a big roll of duct tape. It's just very fascinating to me. So do people ever carry breakfasts around in these apocalypse bags? And this ties us into granola bars aren't breakfast. And the <gasps> reason that I've been thinking about this all day is that sometimes people will have little granola bars or like little like protein bars in their packs. And like, I'm just saying like, this is what I've been thinking about all day. Is that, like, if I was in an apocalypse situation, I would still try to have a breakfast that is more fulfilling than a granola bar. And I guess, like, you know, they're, they're like, like, sometimes you can't prepare for these sorts of things. And I guess that's kind of part of it. Like, part of being, like, a doomsday prepper is you're like, oh, I'm so prepared. So to me, it's like, okay, I want to prepare a little bit better than that. But also, I guess I don't know enough about doomsday prepping to be like, what would I have for my apocalypse breakfast? So I just I want to talk about this. What do you think you're like? I, I want to talk about two different things. What your apocalypse breakfast would be in your bug out bag or what you would want your last breakfast in civilized society to be. Uh, first of all, I would like to make a motion for. Um, when I think of cans and I think of preservation and ergo when I think of prepping for doomsday, doomsday prepping, if you will, I think of chili. So I imagine... That's not breakfast, Brian. Uh, yes, it is. Uh, so I imagine lots of beans, uh, lots of canned tomatoes, and uh, some big thing of broth. Uh, the only thing that makes me question its viability is um, beef or any sort of beef. Uh, meat product because refrigeration is going to be scarce in the apocalypse one of my like very broke comfort foods is like chili pasta so this 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 is near and dear to me indeed me too um there my favorite thing to do is make a big vat of chili uh to have and to hold for the rest of my life until i eat it and i 
eat it throughout the week and I have way too big uh, portion sizes because I have no self-control when it comes to like making a big thing of food and like, I'm going to save it. No, I'm not. I'm going to finish it in three days. But when it's about a third to a halfway finished, I will take all of that chili and add it to pasta to extend the life of that chili. And you're right. It's amazing. It's like really comforting, and I feel like a lot of people like really like stick their nose up at the the notion of chili pasta. But I think chili pasta is really like a beautiful thing. And I will also say that a thing I have done, and a thing that is like absolutely good, is when you like have a bowl of chili, usually with like some little hash browns underneath that chili, and then you fry an egg and put it on top. That is a really delicious breakfast. One hundred percent. The the other thing I, wanted... I think it's kind of like a it's a it's kind of like a eggs in purgatory sort of thing, except it's not Italian. It's chili. The other thing I want to bring up. Uh, with... And it's also the end of the world. Oh, sorry, I stepped over you like three times. The other thing I want to bring up uh, with regard to making chili in the apocalypse is another Alton Brownism. Uh, he in the past in an episode of Good Eats about beef jerky has taken beef jerky and used it as an ingredient in stews to add beefiness and texture and like you know real cow flavor and infuse it in a way that is still you know a a product that is preserved and uh not very perishable and can be stored at room temperature uh but used in ingredients in hot foods like this chili i'm imagining a beef jerky chili with entirely canned food and yes i know there is canned chili don't write me but uh that is what i imagine my apocalypse breakfast to be i would i would like to go back to the phrase cow flavor and tell you that i would like you to never say those two words together again what cow flavor? Please, please stop. I mm, mm, poor little moo cows. <laughs> but, but beef. <laughs> poor little moo cows. Oh my god! Stop making me emotional about the moo cows. Oh my god! No, I'm. I really regret saying those words. At the end of the at the end of the world, I want to go find a little cow and like ride on it like a horse, and then it's it's my apocalypse cow. Apocalypse Cow is my favorite Francis Ford Coppola movie. Apocalypse Cow is my favorite film. <laughs> Coppola. Oh, God. I made it better. What is your uh, Apocalypse Breakfast? I mean, I think I kind of just said, I feel like I would, I would, you know, what I would do if I was like actually going to doomsday prep is I would find a way to have chickens. Like, I would go live out in the woods, um, like I probably should anyway, and then I would raise chickens so that I could have a steady stream of eggs, um, make sure I had, like, feed and stuff like that, and then my doomsday breakfast would consist of, like, eggs in various stages. Like, we're talking, like, egg on top of chili, like, we're talking, like, poached eggs, I mean, maybe I should have done more research about doomsday prepping, but also doing more research about doomsday prepping is uh, terrifying. The other, like, it's such a big trope in, like, Apocalypse and the World movies that people go back to farming in uh, the end times because that's all we got and it's easy enough and people did it millions of years ago, so why not do it? Uh, I really appreciate the fact that you want to go back to your roots and literally raise chickens. The other thing I'm concerned about, again, is refrigeration. Little Cluck Clucks would be um, not only good for, like, nourishing myself in the aftertimes, but would also be good for cuddling with. Like in Zelda, where you pick it up on top of your head and throw it, and it's really cute, and I guess that's not cuddling, but that's the way we cuddle. 
Or when you go to farms in Skyrim and you, like, oh, I don't know, you're killing an enemy or, like, killing a dragon and you happen to, like, accidentally, like, nab a chicken a little bit and then all of a sudden you have a bounty in whatever, like, area of Skyrim you're in. And you're like, I was just trying to protect your city, man. So you would have chickens and eggs. Uh, With regards to cuddling, would you have breakfast snugs with these chickens while you eat the eggs? I would have breakfast snugs with the chickens every moment of every day. Because every moment of every day is breakfast and the snugs are always happening. So they're all breakfast snugs. It'll be the best thing about the end times that there will not be work to go to. You'll just, it'll be 24-7 breakfast. It'll be like my own private diner. And that, I think, would be the best case scenario for the apocalypse, is that we, like, make a network of underground, like, cities, and in that city is just a series of diners. And all of the people who like each other are in one diner, so you never have to see a person you don't like. Again, refrigeration is what's getting me, like riled up about your your plan is how are we going to refrigerate these eggs well you know actually a really simple refrigeration system that has been used actually literally since like ancient times is like you take two clay pots with like some wet sand in them and then it's like like boom refrigeration like that's actually the way that people have been doing it for centuries and that's like kind of the technology of modern refrigerators oh wow you had a legitimate answer to my rather silly question that's amazing wow you actually know you wasn't thinking about that were you no i wasn't doomsday prepping and you actually know (laughs) you actually know some stuff about doomsday prepping which is great um if i could actually like try to do my ridiculous like recreate modern routines in the end times i would have a induction cooker like what Binging with Babish uses uh, to fry up everything and make sure I have that. I would have all my eggs and bacon all set up and ready to go um, in one of those uh, clay pot refrigerators. I would have somehow, some kind of... If I can't get my hands on flour, I would do some sort of bread product of any kind, be it like self-rising... Not not self-rising. I know nothing about baking bread. Any form of bread... I would have, and then I would fry it up a little bit on a fire, because fire will still be around in the end times, I hope, unless the whatever causes the end times... uh, Scientifically, you won't be able to make fire. The zombies will find you. Uh, Oh, that's true. I I completely forgot about the walkers in The Walking Dead. Um, If I could fry up some bread, have my eggs on this induction cooker, and also make bacon the same way, I would be golden. What I want to know is if I will still have access to my retirement fund in the aftertimes. I feel like probably not, but I also literally can't opt out of my retirement plan. So I'm trying to think ahead. Can I tell you uh, something else I thought about when uh, you brought up Apocalypse Breakfast? Please. I'm all ears. Uh, I thought a lot about what breakfast I would serve death. Ooh, serve Kravitz? Yes, Kravitz from the Adventure Zone. The most important meal has just become an Adventure Zone fan cast. The 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 Adventure Zone Zone Zone. Uh, I imagine Death to be. Uh, she's been ghosted by the Four Horsemen of the Apocalypse time and time and time again, and has had to do all this shit herself because she has no one to rely on in the end times. Uh, she is a scorned woman. She wants to create a world where 
she is feared and loved at the same time and the same force that has destroyed the earth and brought it into the end times has is like bestowing upon the earth chickens and eggs and some form of refrigeration and some form of bread for good breakfasts Honestly, Brian, please stop talking about me like I'm not here. <laughs> so I uh, would serve what lowly breakfast I could, as like a lowly apocalypse farmer, could scrounge together. Uh, I would serve to her on an altar of um, cacti. Let's be clear. Are you talking about, like, after the apocalypse, that death will hold a chopped competition for breakfast? Oh my god. I completely misread chopped. Ted Allen isn't deaf? Oh man. Oh, there's one other thing I wanted to talk to you about. Uh-huh. So, uh the McElroy brothers are going on tour and uh, they're in Boston on September 10th. Now, does that get in the way of your anniversary gift plans? Truge? I had this whole plan where I was going to get you on Skype and be like, hey, Brian, what do you think this is? And you'd be like, oh, I don't know. I, I was thinking maybe it would be like something like some show. And I'd be like, well, it's familiar, but not too familiar. And then I'd show you the tickets. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Part of me knew you would do something like that. And I didn't want to fake not knowing and be like, oh, yeah, I knew the whole time. Um, I don't know. I, I, I didn't know how to go about this. But I, 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 I love you so much. And I cannot believe that. I knew that there was no way that you wouldn't know. I just I di- I didn't put two and two together when you said, "Okay, trust me, September 10th, be here." Um what really clicked for me was when I thought, "Oh, noon tomorrow, that's when they go on sale." Cuz um I was thinking about getting tickets for the New York show. I think the New York show is during our anniversary, isn't it's it? It's 2 days before, it's the 8th. Yeah, they go new- from New York to Boston. Whatever you want to do. I I wanted to see it with you. I I want to see it with you too, and I want it to be in Boston on the 10th. Um I want to get a picture of us with the McElroys and then post it and be like, "Am I on podcast in Mabim Bam?" Mabim Mam. Stop. Oh my god, I love that. One day. One day. <laughs>